Guru Nation, welcome to episode 507 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview Marjorie Guzman and her daughter Carla from Topaz Clinical Research. We talk a lot about what it means to be a site owner, how Marjorie went from a CRA, senior CRA, doing SWATs to site ownership, uh, patient recruitment, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So. I think there's something here for everyone. They are Patreon members. In my show notes, you have the Patreon channel, patreon.com slash Ferris. so go check that out. Um, and be just like Marjorie and Carla from Topaz as Patreon members. Also in the show notes is the CRA Academy and CRC Academies, links in the show notes. Finally, if you need help getting more studies for your site or you're interested in starting a site, Text me 949-415-6256. And with all that being said, enjoy the show. LinkedIn, YouTube, not Instagram. Why? Because I got a guest. I'm not flying solo. I'm not a loner, okay? I got Topaz Clinical Research. Marjorie is on who, by the way, did you notice the title of this video, Keeping It Real in Clinical Research? This is what ah. we're calling this video. Because Marjorie keeps it realer than anyone I know. And her room on Clubhouse is amazing. Okay, Thank under you. Guru Nation. Very proud to be associated with you on Monday nights. Monday is the entrepreneur's holiday. If you wake up and you hate Monday, what does Uncle G say? If you hate Monday, you're in the wrong line of business. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Or you lied on your resume and you're dreading getting caught. It's another day to get caught, guys, if you're if you're on there. Look at Denise. We're already having people on here. Love keeping it real. Hey, of Denise. course, Denise. Yes, yes. We're cut from the same cloth. So Marjorie, can you um, introduce yourself for those that don't know? And let's let's get, get let's get the likes, guys. Like, subscribe, comment, and uh, what else are you supposed to do? I guess that's good enough. Okay. But join us on Clubhouse. Yeah. Join on Clubhouse. There you go. Yes, you have to have yes. an iOS device. So Marjorie, what's new? What's going so, on? So we are Topaz Clinical Research, topazclinicalresearch.com, guys. And we are we moderate under Guru Nation on Mondays at Clubhouse, keeping it real in clinical research. Um, like Dan mentioned, that uh, we try to keep it as real as possible. We try to, with respect, Obviously, we talk with respect and we keep each other, but you know, we want to know the nitty gritty of what's really happening in clinical research. And so, this is these are usually the conversations Dan and I have, where we, you know, we keep it real. We talk about what's really happening in the industry, and um, we love clinical research. We love anything related to clinical research. Um, years of experience as a study coordinator, regulatory CRA, now a site owner, and constantly learning. So, what was the big? You had a really eventful clubhouse yesterday. I had to dip out early, guys. It's tax season. For those that don't know, it's tax season. I had to dip out early because when CPA calls, you got to answer because you got to know the damage. You got to know the bad news. Uh, yes. What's up, Carla? How's it going? So this is yeah. This is Carla, our business part, my business partner, and, and my daughter. And this is uh, Felix, uh, our business development guy, and my son-in-law. So not so, to confuse people, but when you go in Marjorie's room on Clubhouse, you'll see Carla under the avatar of Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> just got to put that out there because Tempor like it's temporary. It's temporary. I'm already ordering a uh, an iPad, I guess. It's like wow. I can't work on my, wow, wow. my Android for it, so I was like, Big let me time. just order. Turns Wait, out, so you're getting an iPad? You're this bullish on Clubhouse that you're ordering an iPad? I'm, I'm gonna do an iPad. I already. I mean, wow. I have iPad, but it's like I guess. 
it only will upgrade to like 12.5 so instead of the 13. No, we're, need, we're committed. So I'm like, forget it. Let me just get an iPad. Wow. Yeah, we're um, committed. Not committed enough to do iPhone because I'm still an Android user, um, but committed enough to do an iPad. So I'll do that. Yeah. And then that way it'll uh, it'll be Carla, just Carla. Plus, you know, uh, we're we're all trying to uh, we're all trying to get on uh, iPad so that we can start looking into you know e-source, yeah. e-regulatory, yeah. and even it yes. you know more streamlined. So then that way we can use our tablets as part of all of that. So have you guys picked a vendor yet for e-source or not yet? No, no. And actually, I think we had uh, Cassandra. I I sent her an email. I was supposed to follow up with her. That's my I can't follow up. So people, if you have sent me an email, I will get back to you. I would wait. I would wait. Yeah. I'll talk to you off camera because I can't say anything. But uh, I would wait if I were you guys for e -source. Okay. There's some good okay. stuff coming very good, soon. Good. good. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to streamline our site. So um, anyway, so that's that. That's why she decided to get an iPad also. And that way she could join Clubhouse. I mean, that's and, a good, uh, uh, that's a good, like, that's a bullish sentiment, you know, for those that monitor stocks. Like, that's a, that's a good sign. That's like insider that. buying shares is you know, Carla's buying an iPad because Clubhouse yeah. is growing. So yes. what was the takeaway from the Clubhouse on uh, yesterday? Like you said, oh. I missed out. I left at the worst time because then it got like really lively. What was the takeaway? That was really good. Was uh, great. So, since our topic was uh, what makes you, what, what qualities do you have that make you a, a leader in the industry? Um, and in and, and, and your industry, it, it didn't mean that you had to be a manager, but you could be a leader at any position. And, um, and what, what qualities did you have for that? And everyone had such good things to say. Everyone had something to say. Um, and everything that I thought was really exciting because by the end of it, we had somebody that pretty much the, almost the last speaker. And he's like, well, I feel like at this point I'm going to talk and it's going to end up being the same thing that's been talked about. And he spoke and it was, and it wasn't, it was completely different. And I was like, I told him, I was like, you literally didn't say the same thing. Not one person said the same thing. Everyone yeah. said pieces that, you know, like kind of like, Oh, I'm a good listener or something. But then it, turned into something else and about their style. And it was really cool because we got to see like how everyone's personality was, how everyone's style was, but it was, everyone was yeah. different and, and they, and then we could see that everyone was taking notes pretty much. Yeah. We we're all taking notes like, okay, that was a good point. Or you're right. That's a good line. And so, and it, it got really lively. It was really, it was really good interaction and uh, really helpful for anybody that was in whatever part of the industry or if they were uh, site owners. Um, it was just super to just anything you have to do with managing people, it ended up being really, really good. Um, well, the really purpose positive. of it was that um, I was on another clubhouse on Friday um, evening, and it was an entrepreneur clubhouse. And um, it was uh, sisterhood um, for entrepreneurs. And it was such a lively group, and that was the topic of conversation. And I mentioned that at the beginning of our clubhouse. And I thought that was so wonderful because of the fact that, yeah, it's not we're not just thinking of ourselves as leader because we're in a leadership position. Everybody has leadership qualities. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, everybody has leadership qualities. And so what is it that you're doing or what is it about you that makes you a leader? So yeah. I thought it was, it was great. It was a small group, but it was a great conversation. So Topaz, yeah. so Topaz is very bullish on Clubhouse. I'm neutral on it. Let's. I'm, I'm going to wait and see, but I'm definitely on as many rooms as I can, especially Monday nights. Monday's the entrepreneur's favorite day of the week. Yeah. Uh, Marjorie, you were a... You are actually a senior CRA, not a pretend yes. one. No, not so pretend. Can you talk about your career? Like, I know we've done interviews before, but for those just joining uh, and listening on the podcast in the future, um, what did you do as a senior CRA and how did you actually get into that role? 
Um, well, actually, I was um, like we started. I started out as a study coordinator. Then I was a regulatory analyst, and that's when I went to work for um, way back when it was called INC Research, and I became a monitor. So you know, I I was a startup monitor. I went uh, initial monitor. I did initial monitor monitor training. Um, you know, and that was two years of experience. And after two years of experience, then I moved on to another company and I moved up, you know, I became a CRA too. Um, and then you had like another two years of experience. And after that, then I became, um, I think I took out another position and then I got promoted to a senior uh, monitor. So we're looking at about mm -hmm. five years of experience to become a senior monitor. Mm -hmm. um, and as a senior monitor, obviously at, at that time I was mentoring other monitors, all the new monitors that were coming into the company that were sending them to me, I was mentoring them. Um, you know, I was making sure that, um, way that I would run everything was as if my site was going to have an FDA audit. So this is the one thing that I tell people, you know, you could sit there and you could read 10,000 books about, you know, what is, you know, how do I monitor? But the bottom line is what, what are we all looking at, right? The code of federal regulations. And I am a big pusher of, if you want to know about clinical research, read the code of federal regulation, read the code of federal regulation, know the way that it's supposed to be done. And then you can deviate Then you can learn about other things. Maybe you can look at some other things where it could say, you could say, well, that makes sense for me to do a PSSB that way. Um, but it takes time be to become a senior. Um, and it's not just about the title, right? We all want the title. We all want that, that, that money that gets paid as a senior. But let me tell you, when I've had people come to my site that claim to be a senior CRA, mm -hmm. and they're asking me questions or they don't know what a 1572 is or financial disclosure form is. So this has happened. This has happened. This has happened. We've had it. My daughter's been in the industry since she was like 12 years old and she's been listening to me talk about clinical research forever. Carla grew and, up in clinical yeah, research. Oh my gosh. And we had a study with a big sponsor. Um, they were bringing in for my SIV. I had a monitor who was labeled as a senior, senior CRA. I had another person who I knew was a senior CRA who was passing on my site to her. And this monitor was asking things that maybe as a new CRA, I, I, I had, you know, because you do have those questions when you first start out. What were they asking? Person, let's give let's give them some uh, some juicy stuff. What were they like, well, saying? Well, she was asking. Like, I remember being really dumb questions. And I was sitting there, you know, for the SIV, because like I said, they like you said, they had to they were switching the monitor out. And she was asking about the logs and I, yeah. And I, and, and then going over stuff that was kind of um, not necessary. Like we've already gone over this. We already went over this and she was just kind of going over it. And um, we, I, I was like, is she, is she knew, is she knew in the and industry. I asked, and I asked the monitor, the other monitor, cause the other monitor was bringing her in. I said, so she knew. And the other monitor was like, no, she's a senior. I was she's like, a senior. Oh, okay. She's labeled as a senior. Okay. So and, uh, it was a crazy experience with this her. This is crazy. Um, well, well, this, this is, is crazy. Um, but <laughs> this is crazy. But the point was, is that she was asking us about, you know, make sure that you're doing a log like this and make sure you have a protocol deviation log and make sure. And it was like, OK, well, you know, I'm a site owner, but I was a senior CRA. You know, we we have experience in clinical research. So so it's kind of like know your audience. Right. Mm -hmm. When you first start out, you don't really know your audience. You're going by the book, which is great to do because you have to build up that experience and that and that um, knowledge. But. You know, the more you do it, then you walk into a room and I've gone to a site where people have been doing clinical research forever. I'm not going to explain what a protocol deviation log is in details. Mm. I'm not going to tell you this is what you need to have on your IP accountability, accountability log. I mean, these are things that you would say to someone who has no experience. So you have to know your audience. 
So this person was asked, like explaining these things. And, and, and she was like, is she new in the industry? And I said, no, she was labeled as a senior CRA. As we, the more we got to know, she came from a different company. And I guess she would only take the job if they gave her the title of a senior CRA. So she comes in here as a senior CRA. She created chaos in our company. There were issues chaos. that we had. There were issues that yeah. we had. We weren't getting paid because she was supposed to let us know about certain things that we weren't getting, you know. And, and meanwhile, we we're coming off like the troublemaking site with the sponsor <laughs> and coming to Too find chaotic. out. Too chaotic. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, she would take vacation time and then tell the sponsor that I had rescheduled my site visits and all of these things. I mean, eventually the lie is going to come out. People, it doesn't matter if it's just clinical research in life generally. It's going to come out. Not today, so you... not tomorrow, but it's going to come out. Your background's so good. So Miss Colette D says, "Hey Dan, this is good stuff. Love when you have Topaz research on the hey, live. Thank you, Colette. <laughs> Elite Clinical Research, a great channel. I I know him well. Well, not well, but I know him good enough. Great channel. I'm one of the only Hello. few people on the planet. <laughs> I'm one of the only few people on the planet that actually know his identity. And oh, I will really? zip my lips." Yes. Well, contact us. Contact us. <laughs> let's connect. Let's, let's network. I'm all about networking. So I was just going to ask you guys, uh, especially Marjorie, because Carl, I mean, we got to do another podcast just with you because you might be the youngest person ever to do something on a clinical research study. We have to like go into the well, Guinness I'm Book of World older. Records. I'm probably no, no, older but she was doing. Yeah. No, you said you started reports. at 12, 12 yeah, years old. We were since we were since I was a kid. She helped me with expense reports. reports. Did you enter data or what did you do? I did you issue a query? I, as I got older, no, I started. No. I, started <laughs> no. I didn't let her do no. that. I would. Uh, no, no, I wasn't on site. I wouldn't go on site. No. Um, but I did. Did start, she know what a fifteen seventy two was? She yes, knew what it was. So. She knew what it was. She knew what a regulatory was because when I was a regulatory <laughs> analyst, you know, they were young, and so I, that was my favorite job, working with paper. And so I would bring them with me, and I would say, "Guys, we have to file." We would have, you know, I had 40 studies and they would sit there and they would help me organize the documents. So they knew what a 1572 was, they knew what a financial disclosure was. They knew what IRB approvals yeah. were. I mean, they, they thought it was, was the worst job ever. The, they were so the bored. regulatory part. Yeah, that wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> but they did. Yeah, I, I did see yeah. that. I was like, this is your dream job. And I was like, <laughs> what a dream. So speaking of speaking of dream, so speaking of dream, because this is a perfect segue, Carla. I don't know. I see what you did there, Carla. I see how you <laughs> took this. I know what you're doing, Carla. She's so smart. So how I, did you... I see what you're doing, Dan. Yeah, yeah I see what you're doing. <laughs> so Marjorie, when you like, when, when did you first start thinking? Well, I could open my own site. I mean, it wasn't early on in your monitoring. For a long time. I've I've thought about too. opening my my own research site since I got into clinical yeah. research. Oh, from the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. Okay. Because I used to work like I and I mentioned in the past. And guys, go back and look at our video. Um, I was in Hampton, South Carolina, and I used to coordinate programs for a community-based um, organization that a non-profit I worked for. And the mm. small-town doctor there asked me to come and do clinical research with him. Mm. So pretty much, I started his clinical research site. And then I would say within three months, we moved to a little house down the road on the main road and we started this clinical research site. So I brought in his nurse and I trained them, you know, and the way that I learned about clinical research was reading that code of federal regulations, read the code of federal regulations. It took me a month. I went and got a computer and I mentioned the story before. And, and it was just like from the beginning, I thought this is an amazing business. This is just a wonderful business. Yeah, yeah. So when what I do you like more, there, what do you like more monitoring or site ownership? 
Well, obviously, the truth. Keep I'm it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. No, no. The the site ownership because I see. I, I don't think about the past, and I don't pretty much. I don't live in the present. I'm I'm always thinking of the future, and I can see the potential of growth within a site with having site ownership, the freedom that you have yeah. of coming and going as you please, and creating the making decisions and everything. So so we we are our own little world, right? Um, mm -hmm. What I loved about monitoring, obviously, I was a contract monitor, became a contract monitor. And what was great about that is that, yeah, you make a lot of money on that. You make a lot of money the more experienced you are. Um, and the more experienced you are, you make a lot of money. But then there's always that fear that what if something happens? I'm not going to be able to monitor, right? Yeah. So monitoring to me after a while, it, it was easy. So, I mean, it, it's not something that... Um, I mean, I, we talk about our checklist, right? As a, as a new CRA, you have to have your checklist. You have to mm -hmm. make sure you do certain things. After so many years of doing it, you have that checklist in your mind. You already know how to prepare for a visit. You know, it, it's a consistent job no matter what the protocol. And we're um, going to get to Carla. We're going to get to Carla. But first, check this out. Noemi says, and guys, like, subscribe, comment, hey, talk, Naomi. talk. We need to trick the algorithm. The algorithm must bend to our will. We need more <laughs> people on this thing. No, Noemi says, yes. hey, I just got hired for a CRA2 position Yay. at a big CRO from a small sponsor. Small as the new big, guys. I'm telling yeah, you guys, don't don't take days. it from me. Take it from Noemi. We'll be using your videos and live stream to make sure I'm on top with everything. Absolutely. Yeah, right. awesome. Currently doing a closeout visit and listening to this. Yes, this is the best. awesome. This is probably the best soundtrack for closeout visits is a live and stream. Let me tell you guys, working for a CRO is a wonderful experience. I mean, I know a lot of people say, I wish I can get into this big pharma <laughs> or I can get into that big pharma. But when you are with a CRO, you get to experience different pharma different way of doing things, different um, um, systems. And, and there's always opportunity for growth and there's there's always going to be work. Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing directly with a sponsor, there's a time, the opportunity, that it could happen where they shut down that department because the study didn't move on. Um, working so, so take advantage of the CRO and take advantage of all the training that's available to you. Don't yep. wait for your manager to tell you, hey, do this training. You know, take that on to yourself. Do as much training and as much, you know, like Ben always talks about, become a generalist. Become valuable to your employer. Yeah, I'm going to get to Carla right now because I have some questions, but let's go through some of these. The wife is laughing at me. She's like, you're so confident. You're so cocky telling people that they love, love his listening wife. to you. Love his wife. Yeah, she yeah. keeps me in check, guys. She keeps me in check. But it's good. I know people like listening to this at closeout visits. I'm not making it up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for this video. I just started as a clinical research coordinator. Oh, there you go. For a small organization working for Big Sierra, I'm telling you. Awesome. Small is the new big. Yes. Thank you, Ifioma. Thank you so much. Um, hello, Dan. Can this be a good platform for getting connected with peers who require clinical packaging and blinding? Yes. LinkedIn is like the best place you need yeah. to be, um, Vinod. Absolutely, you're in the right place. And you're doing the right thing. You're commenting on people's stuff. Yes. So now, look, your your name here will live forever as long as this video is on YouTube. That's right, Vinod. We got you. See? See? <laughs> And then uh, would you – okay, we're going to get to the question for Carlo right now. But would you recommend site experience over CRO when new to the industry? I would say yes. Well, yeah, it depends on also what, what route you want to take, right? So if you want site experience, there's so much growth within a site. 
you're, you know, if you want to become a site manager, you want to eventually run a, be a CEO or a vice president or something of running a clinical research site. Yep. That's one career path, right? And then there's a career path of going into pharma, the pharma company itself or the CROs. Yep. And there's so much opportunity for growth and so much to do. You have the feasibility groups, you have the group data management. I mean, there's just so much. So it just depends where you want to go. I started as a, in the site because that's the only, you know, I never heard of clinical research until the doctor approached me. And that was how I started. But as I was growing and I became a regulatory analyst and I was working with different CROs, Dan is cracking me up. We could hear you chewing hard. That's the only time I get to eat, guys. This is how this is how 10x you got to go. You got to sneak a, in your bites. As a, you know. As, but as I, was, as I was, as I was, I, I became a regulatory analyst. I said, you know what? I want to go work for a CRO. And I only wanted to work for the one CRO. I wasn't interested in working for anybody else. I was interested in working only for INC Research at that time. And ah, that's the only place old I school, applied to. Old school, old that school. That was the only place I wanted. I loved how they ran the regulatory. I loved that they were very updated. I mean, as small as a CRO that they were at that time, they had like the best software. They had the best program. They had the best training program in my eyes. So I applied to them. I only applied to them. I told them they should be lucky to have me, and they hired me. And that's how I got into the industry. And so I went to work for that company. And then eventually I've contracted with different promote companies. Yourself. Promote I yourself. promote myself. Thing, yeah. I think the beautiful thing about owning the site is um, exactly what we see here on the image. You know, you have your daughter, your son-in-law. This has become a family thing. It's yes. a lasting legacy. Um, Carla, what made you well, – like, because you saw CRAN site – what made you, and I know the answer, but tell Guru Nation, what made you want to go site route rather than CRA? A lot of kids don't want to do what their parents do. You know, they want to go yeah. like separate ways. I know yeah. I was the, I was that way too. So what like, uh, what made you want to work for Topaz? Well, that's um, <clears throat> at, like like we said, her dream job was regulatory, and I and I went in there and I was like, this this is this clinical research? No, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, before that, she would, you know, you were a coordinator, so you would work with patients and stuff like, um, pay, with patients and all the paperwork. And I was kind of like, okay, that's not terrible, but I don't really like the, um, the patient part, um, as far for me, because I don't do, and that's what I, I don't do that. I don't work with patients. Um, I'm, I, I'm more of like, I guess would be more sales and business development. So, business um, so yeah, so I do the Your business part. That's a, she was always a my aspiration. Person. Yeah. So that's who's a more, who's more entrepreneurial, you or your mom? The guy. I don't know. I think she. <laughs> I think she. Yeah. She. She, she was. She always was for it. Um. So, so I've always been about kid, starting. She was business. like, "We need to start. We have to start this. We have to do this a lot. Do this." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see." I was. I mean, she just, wanted to be a hairdresser. She wanted to be a hairdresser, and I said, "Yes, of course, you can be that. a hairdresser." Um. After you get me your bachelor's degree, and then if you're gonna become a hairdresser. You need to yeah. own the salon. Yeah, so on the salon. Jordan, like, Jordan yeah. Peterson says that you got to balance the chaos with order. That's what you just did there, Marjorie. Sure, yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I see okay. what you did there, Marjorie. Okay, it's not too. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we, yeah, you know, because, you know, as a kid, you know, you have you have the idea of what it works, but you don't really know how money works. You don't know that you, you know, you eventually you'll want to buy a home and it'll be nice. You know, there's, there's things you want to do um, that you have to have money for. So um, I can only make so much as a hairdresser, but I could make a lot more if I owned a hair, you know, hair salon. Um, so that was always my mom's push is like, you know, you need to own something, you need to own a business. And then I, um, I went to college and then of course, um, you know, college is, is, is setting me up for working somewhere, um, not to do my own thing. 
And um, and that's fine. That's what I that's what I kind of I learned. You know, some things there. Uh, really, where I learned mostly is when I went off of my like finally was like, okay, I graduated. Now I'm gonna go get my first like real um, you know, career um, job that goes with my having my business degree as a manager. And then I did that, and it was horrible. And um, <laughs> it was it was not horrible. The experience had had led me up to this point where it was previous to that I, I I'd worked other jobs, and it was always I could do maybe like a couple years. Um, what it was is I just can't do a long time of the same thing and not seeing any kind of movement or growth or, um, and which that's what I, what I had experienced where I was kind of stuck, stagnant at one position and the position before that, um, it was, you know, there was a position that did open and they didn't give it to me. And I was like, okay, well I'm out. And then I left, I lived in Miami. I left, I went to up here to Orlando, got a job here. Um, there was a lot of promises in the beginning of like, um, like, uh, profit shares and all these things that happened. And I just wasn't seeing anything happening. Um, and just a lot of, and, and I realized I do a lot, um, or I put a hundred, I can pretty much put a hundred percent into anything. And I was like, if I'm going to put a hundred percent into it, it needs to be mine. It needs to be ours. So then I was like, you, that's where you learned the leadership thing you talked about yesterday. Yes, so that, yes, yes, at that job, at that, that, that you guys think uh, I don't listen. I listen. I heard everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, yeah, where, before I started, before I, before we went off to do Topaz, I was working there, and then there was like, there were negatives. Um, my boss at the time did have a lot to, to, to teach me. Um, and there were things that also, you know, that were positive and negative that I learned that I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. Um, but I, like this or i do like this so style who's, who's the boss at topaz like when the new employee comes in who do they report to you oh it's so we try to make that um because i did also learn that as well um as a negative in my other position that there needs to be a hierarchy so yeah. we've tried it we've tried because it causes jordan confusion. peterson we just keep yeah. quoting this so <laughs> it'll cause confusion if there's no hierarchy so we've we've set it up where it is like if we we are kind of make the main team and we do like to put it toward them, like, let's report to Marjorie, my mom. Um, we'll report to her on what's happening. Um, and then the hierarchy would be where it's like um, the the next group kind of reports also to Christy and me. And um, Christy's our coordinator. So then we've kind of done it that way. And then, you know, we'll, and then this group will report to Marjorie. So um, we kind of, and then, you know, my mom and I are more partners than, than that way, but I do want it to be, like I said, like a team atmosphere. And then it is like that we are reporting to one person and I kind of, um, work that way better where it is like, okay, yes, I can instruct and give, um, advice and I can guide and, and, and lead. Um, but I also like to feel like a team and then, but I feel like you do need that one person that it's like, we're going to, um, we, we have to be accountable to. So then I'm like, that's that would be me. And I'm like, and that's your role. So we got questions. We, we got questions. <laughs> Let's go through these questions. We're going to do what we do on Clubhouse and reset the room. This is Dan Sfera and Topaz Clinical Research. Reset Keeping it. it real in clinical research right now. <laughs> Ask us anything. Keep the questions coming. Uh, Anna Paz, you have helped me so much in CRC. Thank you, Anna. See, CRC, yeah. you guys don't even know. Like, that is the where the rubber meets the road. That's right. You can design a car. You can design a road. Yeah. You can make both as fancy, as crazy as possible. But it's not until the rubber meets the road. This is where the coordinators are at, right? Yes. You yeah, can absolutely. either do a burnout or you can, like, drive safely or you can yeah. go crazy. You need them. All that stuff. You need the CRCs. You need them. Great points. I was thinking site first, learn as much, and then go. You're thinking exactly right, Miss Collette. Yeah. It's yep. as if you listen to Topaz Clinical Research. <laughs> do, sm do small sites that have two or three studies at any given time need a dedicated recruiter? 
you guys have been telling you off air like recruiting is such a good idea can a crc handle both recruiter and crc responsibilities very good question who wants to go I think, I think yes two to three study yeah. yes 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 two to three studies definitely your recruiter um is your crc you know yeah. your your is your crc but not all crcs can be recruiters right because it is a little bit of sales right you're trying to talk to people you're trying to talk to patients you're trying to get that information out there so how involved is your crc and that's something to look at because we've had opportunities where we had people where they were like wow they could be a great study coordinator but they're afraid to talk to people or they're afraid to pick up that phone and make that yeah. phone call and, yeah. and call yeah. the community you know, center and talk to them about our study. Um, so what do we need? And that's what we were looking when we found Christy, who's our study coordinator. Christy is a salesman. I mean, she will talk up any study. She will talk about the benefits. She talks about herself. She talks about who we are. How I mean, important of a skill is sales? I know you just came back from 10X conference, so you're top like- Top skill. Uh, you need top it. skills. You, the, need you need skills. sales more than anything. For a coordinator? Number one skill. What yes. If, what if yes. I tell you, because look, look, look at this question, okay? I'm just pulling it up, but this is indicative. Foreigners, like, usually I get this from foreign doctor. Foreign doctors, yeah. Okay, the, these are doctors that mm -hmm. immigrated here. So if you tell, there's a ne sometimes a negative stigma with sales. And- uh, especially someone who did like eight years serious training as a doctor, you're going to tell him, Hey, you need to be a salesperson. Is that what you're saying? Well, yes. well here, this is I what am. it is, I'm right? Say yes. Well, obviously you're going to say too. yes, because you know, obviously there's a stigma like, Oh, this salesman or the snaky sales guy I'm or the, sales the, guy, the yeah. you know, it's like, I'm not a salesman. And you know, and for years I was like, I don't know how to do sales. And I would tell you that at the beginning, Dan, I was like, I don't know how to do sales. You're but, natural sales. But it's like, okay, what am I selling? Right. I'm selling a great product, which is my study. My study is an amazing study. I have a great study. So I want to talk to people about it. That's a sale. You're trying to talk to people about what it is that you're selling. When I was contracting, I was talking about myself, how wonderful I was, how amazing I was, how lucky you should be. You have to pay me this much because I'm worth it. I'm worth you buying, buying this product, which was my services, right? So mm -hmm. that is all sales. So unfortunately, we are putting a title on sale being such a bad thing. Really, if I'm sitting there talking to someone like, look how wonderful I am. And look, I'm going to sell you who I am. And then I don't negotiate or nor do I do a closing. So with sales, it's important for you to know how to sell the product, what it is that you're talking about, what what you're saying, and then let's close the product, right? Let's, let's close the sale, deal. right? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's important because if you shift your mind about how, what a salesman is, obviously, you know, it's it's not all salesmen, you know, are the slimy salesmen. You're in sales whether you know it or not. If you ever exactly. To a, Everything. A exactly. To sleep, you yeah. ever try to put a toddler to sleep? That's like a I sale. With my, yeah, that's sales. It's persuasion. Yeah. It's influence. Let's exactly. answer Danielle's real question, though. Sorry, Danielle. I had to use you as an example because of the foreigner thing. I thought you were going to say doctor, but just foreigner start clinical research site in the u.s i think you need to be a coordinator first i think now this ties back to keeping your real and research with my answer mm -hmm. you need to be very honest in the interviews go one of two ways be very honest with the interviewer and say hey you know this is what i want to do i want to learn how to be a crc so i can open my own site if you get someone like me I will actually help my former coordinators open sites, but I'll say, hey, you got to go like here. Let's go 20 miles out and then you can. <laughs> yeah. <start a> <laughs> or 
you like forget that part. Maybe you're not getting good vibes from the person interviewing you. And you just tell them you want to be a CRC. That's where you get your hands dirty. You got to master the craft. Marjorie and Carla, what do you guys think? Is this bad advice, good advice, medium advice? I think it's good advice if you, um, but I think it can go two ways because I've seen or I've heard even some um, some people opening sites and they don't do anything. They literally just had the funds and opened it up and hired everyone and, and can open a site. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have the funds for it, you, you can you can go for it um, and you can hire the people with experience to do it. You are though taking a risk because now you have to oversee what's happening and you have a study. Do you know that you know? Do you know that? Um, the work that's being done is correct because they're telling you and you don't know. So I would say yes, to be safe, you need to have some kind of some kind of experience so that you know what's happening and you know that it's being done correctly. Because I can tell you all day, like I've got experience and I can do it and you have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, it, it seems like I'm being transparent and I could, you know, you, it could shut the whole thing down. So somebody has to know what's going on for real. Or maybe even if you don't, you know, if you've got the funds, you could partner with somebody that you know for a fact knows about it or get in there. And like you said, go with clinical research coordinator, learn everything you can. And then, and then substitute. Open it. And, and I think that that's in any yeah. business, right? Because, um, I mean, the advice it. I yeah. gave my daughter since they were little, um, get in there that job. So like she, you know, she always wanted to have a part-time job when she was a kid. Her, her sister didn't, she, she never wanted to, they, they were well taken care of. So, but she always They're loved to have that extra. Vanessa and they, Carla, entrepreneurs. Um, there's three of us. There's three of us. So, so the uh, the other one is a med- she works for a medical examiner. She's a forensic photographer. Oh, and then okay. Vanessa, Vanessa is uh, a dental tech. And I'm oh, right. Okay, okay. Dental, dental assistant. assistant. And so then, different. and then, but but what I've always said was like, okay, learn everything you can about any business, and that's just any business, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm working at an ice cream shop, what are they doing? What are they ordering? How do they order? Um, when, you know, what's the business part of it? And this is something that I've always instilled in them, right? So it's the same thing. If you want to know what it takes to run a clinical research site, get in there, get in there and not only <clears throat> sit there and say, I'm only doing my job. Well, what else is happening? What else, how, how else can I help? How else can I learn? What else can I add to the site? Then take that onto your own. You know, so and you're better off. You're better off in a small site learning everything because if yes. you're going to do like I know we've all small talked about this before. Small, yeah, because if I you, did. If you go into a big one, they're going to departmentalize you, and you're not going to learn everything. Exactly, you're going to learn how to be a coordinator. But if you're going to go and open your own site, you're going to need to know how to do regulatory. Which is separated. which is what I you're did. You need to yeah. know how to how to. I mean, and even then, if you can get into um, learning um, with the business part, if you can learn how to look for studies, if you can learn how business development, you can look at a budget. Um, because that, that part was where, where it's, that's the part where I'm like, okay, well, that's where it gets a little scary. Cause you don't know, um, what, even how to, how to get it. You can have everything and not, you not, not know how it, to get a study. You're not going to get a study. You have to, you have to know how to get a study. So if you can learn every part of it, and that's sales. um, yeah, and, and that's, that's all, all sales. sales. And, so. and when I was, um, start starting out, like I said, it was just the doctor, he hired me. Um, and I had to sit there and I was it and I built the desks. And I and I recruited and I went to the local radio station and I talked about our clinical research and I went to churches and I went to community events and I did all of that. And then I was, you know, training the staff and I was doing all of the regulatory and I was doing recruitment and I was doing, you know, um, PC entry. I, I did it all. And then I thought, you know, if I can do that for someone else, I definitely can do it for myself. And then obviously my career took a different path. And, you know, and, and I could think of then once I became a contractor, 
you know, you're working for yourself. It is your own business. It's a contract um, CRA. <laughs> and um, I was doing that, I was traveling all over the place. You know, you're, you're doing all of that. But I always wanted to go back to having that clinical research site. Check out because... this comment. <laughs> Pass. Pass. Hire me. Yes. My last name says it all. Pass. Yes. Pass. So Peace. You're halfway there. Now you just got to reach out to Marjorie or Carla. Tell them why. And you've been doing a good good job with asking the questions, Anna. We got to give you a shout out. Yes, she's been yes, helping Anna. other people. She said, "SM, I am responsible for recruitment oh. and coordination wow. as well. Generalist, I am my very okay. own CRO." Yeah. Okay. Now we get to send the, us an email. Yes, yeah, send, send us an email. email. Tell yeah. clinicalresearch.com. Is it possible to transition from a CRA to a position in research where you don't travel with similar CRA pay? Uh, 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 um, CRAs get paid a lot. Lead CRA, lead CRA. Or, uh, project. Uh, you can go, can go um, lead, pro I mean, lead CRA, obviously, if you can get in there, right? Um, you start transitioning into the executive parts, you know, like project management. Um, but I think once you become a traveling CRA, it's almost the salary would go down. Yeah. Um, yeah. The travel CR is CRAs part of being a CRA. They yeah. generally get paid more than PMs. Uh, um, yes, because that's where, yeah. I mean, if you guys go on Clubhouse, my friend Elaine, and and you're going to see her more in the future. She is opening up her own site. This is how I met Elaine. We worked on a project together. She was my team lead, and I found out how much they were paying her. And I said, Elaine, take your job and become a contractor and become a, back to the CRA. And so she now she takes contracts as a project manager. So, I mean, so she's... Um, She's an amazing person to know, and you guys are going to get to know her later on and, and in the future. But, um, yeah, they get paid well. Traveling, CRA, that's where the money is. If you start taking in-house roles, the the, the salary yeah. salary will go back. You, know, you, go, you, go you lower your salary. Um, you, know, it, you, you have to weigh it, right? So we get – CRAs get paid high, a lot of money because they're taking that chance, right? They're getting yeah, on a traveling. plane. They're traveling. They're putting they're sacrificing in. their lives, literally, exactly. like, you know, taking away time from their family. Exactly. You're, you're doing 60, 70 hours sometimes, you know, some weeks. You know, I, I don't think I've ever met a contract CRA that no matter what contract has done less than 40 hours. You know, so you're constantly traveling. There's always something like, you know, we could have a whole video on scares we've had on airplanes that's a whole thing well we'll do it hey, on our podcast, podcast on our future yeah. podcast uh we're gonna do our future podcast keeping it real in clinical research with topaz clinical research well we're gonna come up with some title guys give us ideas yeah give us and, ideas uh, in the comments give what us about ideas this? keeping it uh, real here this is clinical real. staff any feedback positive or negative response i want the real answer marjorie i don't want like uh <laughs> Answer you would get at Sokra or, or AC. Keep it real. You want to keep it real. Real, like stuff. Chinese food, eating Chinese food. How's the negative responses to consider when designing new settings? Hmm. I would say well, no. We, have we don't. given feedback? We give I mean, feedback for feedback. any of the. Um, I mean, I mean, they, they pretty much follow a template, right? So everything is written in the same template. Um, the protocols of, uh, are the same template, but as a site. As a clinical staff, I mean, you should be able to have input. I mean, it is not leadership. Um, if you're working for a CRO, you're, you have to say it's valuable to your team. If it's not, maybe it's the wrong team, right? Um, but I've worked with some great teams where they wanted the CRA's input. They wanted our input. Um, 
working in the team. And we do it the same, you know, we do the same thing with our, our site. And when we get a protocol, we sit there and we discuss it with our doctors, we discuss it with our nurses, we discuss it within us. And it's like, you know, does this make sense? Does this, is this even something we want to pursue? Cause there's been, there are plenty of protocols that come to us and there's plenty of them that we turn away because we don't agree with everything that's happening in that protocol or we think it could be a risk to a patient or one of our doctors is like, I don't think I want to take a chance with that. We're like, we're not taking that study because you know, we, some sponsors want to hear that and some sponsors don't. And now with patient centricity, they're even getting patients like feedback. You know, there's a video, there's a company called Palantir for those that are into stocks, P L T R. I think I own some. They're actually in the life sciences space. They're in the he is. He's okay. just... Palantir, Palantir is good, and it's, it's been beat up the last few weeks. But um, PLTR, and uh, they're using AI and data, aggregated data, to design studies. So I would say, like as a as a site, unless you're a key opinion leader, you don't really have. I mean, you can give feedback for a protocol. If enough people give the same feedback, yes. they might amend the protocol. Yes. But by the time yes. they're doing site selection visit, they already have the protocol. They're not. So really what you're asking is a key, key opinion leader. We actually, like, we can't, I can say that there is a study that we're trying to work with right now and getting, and they actually did ask our opinion and have asked other opinions because they did start hearing feedback of one part of the protocol. And they actually are going to shift the protocol or change the protocol. Um, Based off of the, the feedback they've been getting, it's a small, um, it's a really small, and it's company. an amazing study small coming out. Big. Small it's a really yeah. small company, so I could see like the big pharma's and the big zeros and stuff like being like, "No, this is this is what this it is." The way thanks, we do it. Thanks yeah. for the input, um, yeah, but for, for the <laughs> yeah, but, but for the uh, for the, the small, small biotech, yes, we we are might, making a difference. They wanting to hear what the and, site and, has and to we say. have had that um, where they were like, well, "What yeah. do you guys think? How are you guys doing this? And what are you guys doing?" You know, so we have had the opportunity to help out and with this um, biotech that she's talking about um they've been wonderful where they are asking our opinion and we kind of feel like we're helping them out right we're yeah. helping them how to create a budget and, uh, and how to do yeah. certain things and and um maybe they weren't thinking about so so our we feel we feel like our feedback has been positive um and again like she mentioned when you are dealing with the bigger um pharma companies you know they have 20 people working on one particular part and everybody yeah. has a job to keep right so every, keeping it real, everybody has their a job to keep. And everybody wants their job to be important. And so we're not going to make any changes or we have to run it through the 20 other people that have to make a decision, right? So so that yeah, happens. Because we've worked on a study in the past yeah. that it was not just us. It was pretty much everyone that was on the study did not like one part of the the, pro, the, the, the protocol. They didn't agree and they were like, it's going to make it impossible to recruit. And the sponsor defended it and they were like, absolutely no change. We're not changing so it. We're not changing it. it and so it depends on maybe the size, like yeah. the size of the pharma, they're a big pharma. They, 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 well, it, it was a study care. where they were, yeah, it was a huge pharma and they, it, it was something in the protocol, yeah, that was stopping us from recruiting. And um, it wasn't just like she said, it was our site. It was like, we were talking like, like every at site, least yeah. 80% of the sites were complaining about this one part of the protocol that just didn't make any sense. Um, and the study had been going on for two years. I personally felt that it was a way for the project to keep going or for those people to keep their jobs. As long as they made it difficult, everybody stayed, you know, that, that part of the department wouldn't close. Um, and I mentioned it also during an investigator meeting, a second, third investigator meeting they have. Okay, I always keep it real. And um, 
That's a, great name. That's a great they, name for a clubhouse they, room, too. They, they, they kept coming back to us. <laughs> they kept coming back to us like, why are you guys not recruiting? And I finally said, you know what? You guys have made it so impossible with this protocol. You need to close our site. And we closed the site. I said, we're not going to recruit. I think you guys need to come and close the site. We're not going to waste any more time with trying to recruit patients. We're not wasting any more time doing regulatory. You need to come and close our site. And I gave them a deadline to come in here and close it out. Those, those studies can be draining on morale too, I think. Yeah, because you're not recruiting. You're not, you're just not recruiting. You, it's impossible to recruit. You can't see a way to do it. Um, you're not getting come any in, help from the sponsor. It's Christy in the back. Um, Hello, Christy. Christy's working. She's working. She's working. <laughs> you're just not getting that support. And then your whole team is just like, it, 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 they're, they're excited about this trial. And then they say, oh yeah, we have this one too. Well, there's no excitement behind it. It's, but I mean, that's our our look on it too. We're like, just just shut it down. We, we'd rather not even have to talk about it anymore than 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 have to have the whole you know the fight full. Yeah, we're not doing drained drained from it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go through some of these questions. I know I told you guys 20 minutes. Thank you for staying so long. It's uh, a double. Oh, we're enjoying it. We love it. We say no, 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 and then we're like, okay, guys, turn the lights on. We can 10 exit. That would go from two to 20 hours or two. Marathon. Let's do a marathon. We can do 200 minutes. Uh, Okay. Uh, sales is literally everything. Communication and persuasion. Exactly. Miss Collette. Exactly. Get us. Where and how does Topaz enroll subjects in their studies? You talked about community. What exactly do you mean? Do you have dedicated doctors or you bring them where there is any? They're grilling you. Grilling. Wow. SM, I wish we knew your your whole entire name there. It's almost like uh, incognito there. Taking a, yeah, incognito. No, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a, Satoshi Nakamoto. It's a, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a good question because um, every time we get a study, we say the same thing. How do we enroll subjects? Um, so <laughs> that is a topic of conversation a, we have to come up with when we time. get that first protocol. Every time. So, so um, in the community, meaning like, so our, our, there's a lot of community, um, 20 made it harder. Of course, uh, a lot of community events were shut down. Um, but we are like the first ones to join a health fair. So we always join like any health fair. We're like, we're going to join them at health build database. Um, and, and we just, we just Google them. It's just nonstop. Just going to the health fairs, whatever we can find. Um, that's in the area. Um, we do um, whatever we can find. Community events community, yeah, related any, to the protocol. Yeah, anything yeah. that we can find for that study. So every study we start looking at what what um, what group or advocate group or what type of group is in the area that's re- could, that we could get patients from that group. So that's where we start doing our community outreach part. And that's where yeah. we, um, we, we have that process in place for our coordinators and future coordinators that, and I was just talking about it with Christy actually, um, that it's, it is the coordinator, like that question before, the coordinator's responsibility is to enroll. So your job is you, you are the coordinator until we get to a point where it's like we have separate teams, coordinator and complete recruitment team. Um, that's your responsibility as a coordinator to enroll patients. So with that, what do you need to do? Where and we need to see where you're going. So there is community events. There's community. There's community outreach things and conversations you can caregiver have groups. With like with Alzheimer's, we do Alzheimer's studies. We, yeah. you know, we have the oh, Alzheimer's yeah. Association yeah. right up the road from yeah, here. So we any gotta talk. We gotta talk. Yeah. And yeah. What, what's what's we happening do, with we all do the infant trials? So we have a lot of infant formula trials, and then we do um, okay. Where well, there's a lot of um, pregnancy groups actually here, and then there's a lot of. Um, um, Pregnancy support groups and, and the um, pregnancy centers. Community so, we, centers. so we start just showing up and we're like, hey, listen to what this fabulous product we have. And then that's what we try to do to push and get them to either pass out flyers um, or to give us a call when they have somebody that might be interested. So we, things like that, you can and, get, and we get provide, a yeah, yeah, we provide value also because like the Alzheimer's studies that we've done, we provide free memory screens. Yeah. 
So anyone over 55, depending on the protocol, right? So we provide that to the community. And we've gone to other, you know, community events happening in the area where we just provide our free memory screen. I mean, we've done it where we did a, a, a church health yeah. fair and we set up a tent and we literally and we had, the, had people the, in a closed screen. tent and we were able to administer the free memory screen right there. And we actually did really so. well on our Alzheimer's trial because we offered those memory screens and people were... And, and and so you're not going to get everybody who actually has a memory problem. A lot of people think they have memory problems just in general. Um, and they come in and they feel better at the end of it. And we're like, that's great. We were able to provide something for them. Or they do see something might be wrong and they'll join the trial. Um, and so that's so, the same thing with, a, with, with all of our community outreach. We just try to provide something also um, so that it's well, not yeah. just like we need from you. Yeah. We try to think, what can we do that they would send us somebody or they would give us a call? Yeah, I mean, you um, have to remember, it, we are still here part of the community, right? Yeah. So it's like we, we want patients to participate. We want people to come in here. But then it's we also have to give back, right? So yep. when we are provided, we go on the local radio station, we talk about health issues or, or things you going ask, on there. You ask, they answer, this is real stuff. They just gave you like five real things. 10,000 things. We'll talk here. That's, that's the community part. You can always tell. The doctor part is actually a little harder, actually, um, than it is for us in the community. So it's hard. Dedicated doctor? Do you have yes. dedicated doctors, or do you bring? We have, yeah, we have, have we have eight different doctors. We're not dedicated to our site. The contract with us, so we have dedicated staff. So permanently here is Christy, who is our study coordinator. Carla, Felix, and I are here permanently. We're here all the time. Um, our doctors, our nurse practitioners, physician assistant, they come and they go. So as needed. So our PIs, they, they run the studies. They're in, you know, I make sure that everything is happening because guys, I, I run it like a military style in here. Everybody knows that. And um, so, so um, our doctors show oversight. They come in, they sign off, they do everything else. They see their patients, they go home. So they get paid for being here or part of the study, but I don't have them sitting here for eight hours. Um, eight hours, yeah. we have our study coordinators and our, our basic team here. It's efficiencies. Um, this is how we keep costs down for sponsors and ultimately costs down for consumers by having mm -hmm. sites, community sites like Topaz Clinical Research. Let's go through some of these because uh, I know you guys got to go. I love I love talking to you guys. A 10-minute Patreon call turns into all morning. Yes, with yes. and, and you guys need so to join fun. us. Join us in Clubhouse. Bring in these questions. Get up on the stages because I keep saying, hey, guys, anybody has questions, bring your questions to Clubhouse. And we could actually have a conversation. Monday, so I know people, people like the type. It, people like the yeah, type. yeah, yeah. But, but guys, let's have a conversation. I saw let's a big on, question went by. Your I didn't sales. see. Let's work on your sales techniques, communication. Start talking outside of typing. Patreon.com/slash/dancefera. Get in there. Join We're in. almost at fifty people. It's only five bucks a month, guys. It's only five dollars, guys. It's yeah. nearly free. And it's almost it's free. nearly free and ten dollars. You get a one-on-one a, a -on -one conversation with Dan, and Dan always has gold to give to you guys. Yes. Catherine Quinones Navarro. I used to get so much anxiety when I Quinones. Quinones Navarro. There we go. Uh, thank you. I used to get so much anxiety when I started making calls for recruitment. A combination of practice and having customer service and sales experience has helped immensely. Exactly. Yes. This is what you guys are talking about. And being right? passionate about the study. You're you know passionate the about the study because you believe in what it is that you're selling. Your study. But you have to know everything about your protocol. You have to know everything about your study. You have to know who you're looking to give this product to. So that's what's going to make you an expert at what you're talking about. So it's going to take away some of those fears of making those phone calls. Yeah. Because I, you know that what you have more, is great. We need to see more likes. This is, come on. 
the, All right, I let's get like it up there. Come on. The come algorithm. On. I know these numbers are not accurate, by the way, that, that we're seeing. <laughs> this is not right, but uh, there's way more comments than this. But, like, there's something going on with StreamYard, but there better be more likes than this. Okay. Let's get some likes going. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Okay. Join, uh, us, join us on Clubhouse Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard right. Time. Keeping it real in clinical research under the Guru Nation. So, and Thank then you. Dan also is going to be uh, doing some business, right, for Guru Nation business. I'm together. tentatively going to do one <laughs> on uh, Wednesdays, <laughs> and then we have one on Fridays that's a little more loosey goosey. But uh, we definitely have that one Friday nights. People come out like in. You Korea. see what I did there, Dan? Saw what I did. I see what you did there. That should be the name of your podcast. I see what you see did, what I did there. there. See what I did there, guys. <laughs> Looking forward to travel horror stories. Ah, there you go. There okay, you go. Naomi. I've I've said it for the longest time. I wanted to do just a podcast where we're talking about cras and their tra horror travel man, stories man you would kill we, it you would kill we it. have a lot of those yeah you would kill it i don't have too many horror stories as a traveling series uh hello farm d funniest unethical myth or truth you heard from pharmaceutical competitors huh. hmm. what's our funniest unethical myth i don't think truth? it's funny if it's unethical so so <laughs> yeah, guys i yeah, mean uh, the funniest true. unethical myth or truth you heard from pharmaceutical competitors they, they don't really uh i rarely uh, the myth the myth is always that um yeah we will pay you in 30 days that's the myth wow, that's, that's the myth. always funny every time <laughs> and and the real myth is when the sites say hey we don't have competing trials so there we got to keep it real um yeah. <laughs> okay any advice for a traveling cra on how to manage a good work-life balance i'm start i am scared of getting too burnt out um well each his own some people relax by going on clubhouse yeah. others relax by meditating well um, this is this is what i believe about being burnt out when you're burnt out is because you have and to the point where you feel nothing else is happening, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm growing, and so I feel burnt out. This comes from Garen Cardone, guys. I know it. And does. I mean, it I says see if, if, if you're feeling if you're feeling burned out, it's because you're feeling that something is not happening for you, or you're not growing. What I used to do when I traveled, I mean, I I, I literally got Rosetta Stone, and I said I was going to learn how to speak French. Never did. I knew how to say <laughs> you know, I know how to order egg salad and an apple, but was something that Not I was bad. constantly looking, okay, what else can I do? Because when you're traveling, yes, our life is focused on our work and everything else, but that's not everything, right? So what else do you want to do? You know, and those times that you're sitting at the airport or you're you're sitting in the plane or you're falling asleep in the plane, think of a different topic. Think of something completely different that has nothing to do with the life that we're doing here. But, and that's where I started studying a little bit more about business. Um, because that was something that would relax me was reading books on business, was reading books about, you know, clinical research. I, I mean, I didn't just focus on CRA. I was constantly looking at different things to do. That's where, um, because being a traveling CRA can be very lonely. It's a lonely life. When you're traveling, you get to a site and you're sitting in a, a town, especially for females. You know, we're not traveling and saying, hey, I'm going to go, you know, on top of the Eiffel Tower. No, you, you're usually afraid to leave your hotel room or you don't have time, right? You're going to the site, you're going to the hotel, and then, you know, you're working all day because you're not there on vacation, you're working. And then you have hurry up and work all day the last day and hurry up and get to the airport. So, you know, those times is the times when you have to do things for yourself. Go to the gym, work out, work out in your room if you don't want to go to the gym, right? Depends on where you are. Um, 
you know, I started and last years uh, I started traveling when I, I took on full contracts. Um, my hobby was getting souvenirs. I wanted to get like a bunch of souvenirs from every little town. And there were so many little towns all over the U.S. that I traveled to that I got. There's just because I've been to so many parts of the U.S. Um, so I started collecting that plus learning French plus learning business, you know, so that's what's going to get you stop you from Thank feeling you. burnt out. And let me yeah. tell you something like as a entrepreneur, this is why I like entrepreneurship. Uh, eh, we're going to wrap up uh, in a little bit. We're going to reset the room like they do. in Clubhouse Reset the room at up. 60 minutes. OK, guys. <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you, there's really like no such thing as work life balance. I mean, you have no to really thing. like what you're doing. This is what Marjorie was saying, like. If you don't like what you're doing, you're going to get more burnt out. And yes, as an entrepreneur, I love what I do. Occasionally, I do feel overwhelmed. So, But I'm my own boss, so I can just take a step back and say, well, yes. I'm just not going to do it now. But when you work for someone else, you can't necessarily do that yeah. without having some kind of consequence. And also for yourself, you, you could do that. You're going to have consequences sometimes as well, some more than others. But uh, I really think that finding your work, like and making it part of your life like a good part yes. of your life is the best way to do that because and CR it's tough as a CRA to do there's only a handful of people that are truly passionate like truly passionate about monitoring yeah. usually if you ask these people the they're more passionate about higher level things and they like to be a part of the process but yes. the, like the day-to-day -day grind that's really tough to get passionate about all the time. So I think you have to have a North Star that uh, reflects what you are trying to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, that's my oh. answer. It's not easy. It's not easy, but uh, uh, you get like only that. you can answer that. Star. Yeah, true yes, North I, Star. I like that. The true North Star, thinking of the future, right? So like I, right. like I mentioned, I don't think on the past. I don't think on the present, right? Because you're, you're in the middle of the grind. But then in the future, it's like, going? what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? You know, I was learning French because I wanted to go to France and I wanted to speak like a French you person. You know? So so that was the goal at that moment. So that'll stop you from being burnt out. Yeah. And check it out. People networking. Naomi. See, guys, okay. for those watching in the future and listening in the future, what we're having is people on different platforms, YouTube and LinkedIn, yeah. commenting, getting engaged with the live stream, which I do every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And today's a bonus one because Topaz Clinical Research is so cool. They're like, hey, can you guys come on my live? I'm going to do one today. I didn't have a video. Let's go. Yeah, and so, look, you guys, this is how you network. You put in the comment, you engage, and then look what's happening. Anna says, Naomi, reach out to me. Connect, southcoast78 at gmail.com. You see, guys, this is true networking. Yep. Okay. Yes. They found their North Star, at least for this video. It's to <laughs> network with others. Um, exactly. uh, thanks for the advice. You guys are awesome. Glad I found you guys. Feels like I have the support I wanted. Yes, yes. Naomi. Yes. Absolutely, Naomi. And I guess that's it, guys. Uh, let's hide the rest of the comments. We're going to reset the room. We're going to end the room. Um, and so anything else, Topaz, that you No, like no, no. Just remember to join us, Keeping It Real in Clinical Research Clubhouse, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mondays. Uh, Dan, he's always on the platform. Dan, I guess your thing. Um, if you want to know, topazclinicalresearch.com. That's where you can contact us. We have like an info at topazclinicalresearch.com. Purple and gold. Purple um, and gold. That's us, you know, and... Um, all our emails yeah. are on there. All, All of our addresses. emails are on yep. there, so you can contact us via email or LinkedIn. 
Beautiful. And a very well-run room on Mondays. Um, and, yeah, I'm thinking about, like, in May, doing a Wednesday room for business. And then we have a Friday room uh, with magic wands. Stuff. All right. it's, like, it's nice so thank you guys very much Topaz I know you guys gotta go thank you everybody for watching listening and uh, we'll catch y'all later bye bye, thank bye you guys bye, bye. guys bye.